0: Welcome back to the Mia's Mom podcast. My name is Cambry and I'm the host of this podcast. Episode five was technically my first guest um, episode, but this episode is my first episode featuring a mom story. So I'm joined today with Jordan Dickerson. She is telling me all about her story with adopting her son Jeremiah, and I could not be more excited. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Jordan. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, me too. So Jordan and I went to high school together and played basketball together starting in junior high, mm-hmm. but we haven't really seen each other or talked with each other <laughs> besides social media since since high school. Yep. You graduated with Drew, so you were a year ahead of me. and Got to watch the love story unfold, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. The hot high school love. <laughs> but yeah, I've been keeping up with y'all through social media and I know you've been doing the same with us. And you were actually one of the very first people that ever knew about me as mom before it was even named or created or anything. I reached out to you in July of 2020. I went back and checked the date it was July 22nd and I told you that I was starting a podcast soon and that I wanted to have you on as a guest, and that didn't happen, obviously. It didn't happen until 2023. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. We're here now. (laughs) But since then, I reached out to you, I don't even know, like, two or three different times and I'm like, hey, it's actually happening. And then like a couple of months would pass and I'd be like, hey, are you still interested in being a guest? It's actually (laughs) happening. And now it's actually happening. So I'm happy that you're here, Jordan. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to tell our story. Yeah, for sure. So go ahead and share a little bit about yourself and your family.
1: All right. So I am Jordan Dickerson and my husband and I met in college. We were more or less set up by our best friends. My best friend at the time had just gotten married to one of his best friends and they just for years and years tried to get us at the same place at the same time <laughs> to connect and the timing was never right. But then 2015, right before I was about to graduate from nursing school and he was about to graduate from PT school, So when we went on our first date and been together ever since. Um, I'm a pediatric nurse here at La Children's Hospital in Memphis. He's a PT, and we now have three crazy kiddos. <laughs> Jeremiah is eight, Caroline is four, and then Henry is like seven
0: weeks old ah congratulations on henry that's (laughs) y'all have a beautiful family and i was so surprised whenever y'all announced how we're pregnant again henry is so stinking cute yes we were surprised as well (laughs) a sweet surprise all of our all
1: of our kiddos were uh surprises to us so it's just how our family works (laughs) oh
0: that's awesome So you have Jeremiah, who is adopted, and then Caroline and Henry, who are your biological children. And we have baby Dee and Jack, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: we're not really sure what the rest of our family is going to look like someday, We're kind of in a position where we're really thankful for Jack and we're happy that we had that experience with having a healthy pregnancy with him. And we're not really sure if we're going to have more biological children in the future. I think that we want to have more children, but I think that we're looking at more the adoption route. So we don't know a ton about it, but I'm interested in learning more about it in a couple of different ways. And one of those ways is by listening to stories from my friends and people that I actually know. So I really appreciate you sharing. You're talking today about your adoption story with Jeremiah, and I really, really appreciate you sharing that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's beautiful and tough all at the same time, but yeah, God put us here together for a reason, and I'm excited. I love when people ask about our family and how we came to be, and can't wait to see how we continue to grow as well.
0: Yeah, that's great. So, yeah, now can you kind of move into talking about Jeremiah a little bit more? You mentioned that he is eight. How old was he when you first met him? And when did you first meet him?
1: So I first met him, like I said, I'm a pediatric nurse. So it is very common for us to have patients on our unit that are there strictly for waiting for foster care placement. Um, more specifically, kids that have medical needs are the ones that stay for a significant amount of time waiting on families to bring them home. But either way, whether they have medical needs or not, we, we quite frequently are involved with DCS and with trying to find placement for kiddos. So this wasn't my first exposure to children in the foster care system. We had we had, had a lot of patients. And as time goes on, you obviously build relationships with those kids and you see them reach milestones and you see them grow and learn. And so it's, it's very easy for us To get attached to these kids. And so there had been plenty before that that I also fell in love with. Mm -hmm. But I just felt like when I met Jeremiah, the very first time I met him, he was actually two. And he was there for a couple weeks just waiting for a foster family to finished getting trained. He was only there a couple weeks. The only way that we remembered him when he came back the last time, we were like, oh, it's the kid with the cheeks because he has ginormous (laughs) chubby cheeks and he has always had them. And so when he came back in 2017, At the beginning of that year and then stayed with us on our unit at the hospital for about six months waiting for a family to take him home. When we first got him back, we were like, oh, the kid with the cheeks is back. That kid that smiles all the time. (laughs) Like, yeah, he's here. And so that's what happened. He was on our unit for a really long time. I was working on a Sunday, a Sunday morning, and my husband was at church. And I just remember texting him that morning and saying, listen, Cole, God will not leave me alone about this kid. I don't know why. I need you to start praying about it so that maybe you can get the same clarity that I'm trying to figure out. But I think that this is our son. And at the time, Cole and I hadn't even had our one year anniversary yet. We hadn't even been married a year. So there were no plans of children at all. We said we wouldn't even start talking about it till after we had been married a year. So all of this was very, very much not our plans, you know, (laughs) very much the Lord's timing. Yeah. So he texted me back that day and said, do what we need to do. Like, let's get started. We'll get the ball rolling. And so... Jeremiah is so easy to fall in love with, and so he would like run up and down the halls. He would be whipping and naying at the nurses' station at six a.m. Whenever I would get to work, he was like riding his tricycle around the around the unit because it's a big square. So he would just make lap after lap, and so everyone fell in love with him. Everyone acted as if he was family, and so as we were trying to make that that decision, it it was an easy one for us. We already, well, I already knew that I was in love with him. Cole was very quickly got on board. And once, once we finally did get approved as foster parents, he was like, okay, when can I start spending time with him? You know, that was his first question. Yeah. When can I come up there? When can I spend time with him? So, uh, so yeah, so we started trying, we reached out to the department of children's services, trying to get into the classes so that we could become uh, an approved foster home and we just kept hitting roadblock after roadblock and they just kept telling us no we only need parents for teenagers we don't need them for kids under the age of five so you can only sign up if you're willing to take teenagers and we just knew at the time that wasn't Cole and I were young -er or at that time anyway and so we knew that teenagers would not be a good fit for us at the time. I don't expect a teenager to respect me or listen to me, especially as a 24, 25 year old. right. So yeah, we were just we were having a hard time, and it was a lot of waiting, a lot of praying. And then uh, finally we were able to get into some classes about four months after we initially, decided that we were interested in in getting into the foster care system so
0: I know you said that y'all had not even been married a year yet and not even looking to like start <laughs> trying to expand your family was adoption something that y'all have talked about previously or was that just something brand new
1: so our very first date was January nineteenth we sat in a coffee shop here in Memphis and we just talked for hours for three or four hours and one of the very first things that came up in that conversation was had told him I think that I'm gonna have adopted children one day and he was like wow I you know I have definitely thought about adoption I don't know what that looks like he said but I want our family um, to look like what heaven's going to look like one day. And it's going to be a mixture of all kinds of stuff. It's not just going to be me and you. And so, yeah. So we knew from our very first date that adoption was in the works for us. However, I did not think we would adopt first at the time. One of Cole's best friends was married and he had told me that, that couple that that he said they want to adopt first and then maybe have biological children later. And I was I thought, Well that's you don't normally hear of people doing it in that order. And so I was like, Well that seems that seems odd, you know, I've never heard of people wanting to do that and then jump (laughs) two years into the future and that that's us. So
0: surprise.
1: Yep. Okay, (laughs) we're those people now. (laughs) But yeah. And for us, a lot of people since hearing our story and seeing our family, a lot of people made the assumption for us that biological children were not on the table for us. And that's mm. why. And that it, that just wasn't our story. We mm-hmm. just fell in love with him and we knew that he was our son from the get-go. And so it's easy for us to just <laughs> to look back and laugh now because we were like, well, we'll just do however our family plays out. And that's how it's been with the other two since then as well. Yeah.
0: It's so funny how you can plan for stuff and then life just throws something completely different at you and you just roll with it.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So moving back to talking about Jeremiah being in the hospital, you mentioned that Mm -hmm. he was like always in a good mood and That is reflected in like his personality now, too. Is that pretty common for kids in his situation? Like the kids that are sitting in the hospitals waiting are most of them in good spirits or how does that usually look?
1: Yeah, I would say the younger they are, the easier it is for them to be happy-go-lucky and joyful. And we change shifts every 12 hours. So they get to see a new person every, you know, twice a day. Yeah. And there's people coming in and out. There's food services people that would come in and bring the breakfast trays and the lunch trays and dinner. And so what we see is the younger kids do have a lot easier time. Now, the older that they are, the more that they understand and the more the trauma... Of their past has been able to set in and kind of, you know, shown Mm -hmm. some fruits of that in the way that they act, the way that they see people, the way that they interact, things like that. But yeah, for him, he was always in a good mood. The difficult part from when we moved from the hospital setting to going home was that he had spent most of his life with no consistent caregiver, like mm-hmm. no direct caregiver, and not really many rules. So <laughs> moving into parenthood for the first time with a three-year-old rather than a newborn and trying to make a consistent schedule was like, it was, it was hard. It was difficult. And not only that, but because of his medical needs at the time, he had both a tracheostomy that he would breathe through And then also had a G-tube that he would get fed through. And so because of those things, the foster care system requires us to have a home health nurse for 24 hours a day. So day and night, we had a stranger in our home kind of throwing off the dynamic of what our new family was going to look like. So that was also... a a difficult adjustment but just something that we had to work through and figure out moving forward for our family. So
0: how long was the home health nurse there?
1: Um it was probably the first year
0: I would say. At least
1: a year. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Holy cow.
1: I mean that we we could have a whole a whole session on that as well. But yeah. (laughs) It's just it it was difficult. You had to figure out who worked best with your family, who you know, was going to respect our family and the way that we were wanting to grow going forward. Mm -hmm. And one of the very first nurses that we had, her son also had had medical needs in the past. And so she had been on the other side of it. And she was just very honest with us and said, listen, you have got to stand your ground. If someone doesn't mesh with your family, if someone doesn't do things the way that you want things done, you, you just let us know and we'll have, we'll swap them out, you know? And she was like, you, you have to work with what works best with your family. And if, whether it's me or not, you know, if you don't get a good vibe from me, then find someone else. But luckily she was fantastic. And like I said, I think because she had been in our shoes before, she was very respectful of how we wanted things done. She was very helpful in the areas that we needed help, you know? Yeah. So that, yeah, that was just, just another... (laughs) Another avenue that we had to go down that was brand new for us.
0: (laughs) I cannot imagine. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. Did you have a hard time separating your professional role to a parental role with Jeremiah? Because he had seen you in that hospital setting. Then he moved home with you. So how did that transition work?
1: That was a difficult kind of transition for all of us. I don't know how familiar you are, but when a child comes into your home, if the plan is for permanent placement and adoption, you still have to foster for six months before you're eligible to adopt. And so we knew that we were going to be quote unquote, just foster parents for at least the first six months as well before we could make it legal and permanent and all that. So we didn't really know, well, do we expect him to call us mom and dad right now? You know, how do we present that to him? And I remember when we found out it was end of April, beginning of May, when we found out that we were going to get to bring him home once we finished. And it was right before Mother's Day in May. And one of the co-workers uh, that I work with had him make this cute little Mother's Day thing with like his handprints being flowers. And it said... I love I love my mommy or something like that on there and that was oh the first time gosh. really that I remember like wow, like I'm um, his mom, he's going to call me mom. And he, and they kind of encouraged it. The people that I worked with would say, oh, your dad's coming to visit or, oh, look, there's your mama or, you know, something yeah. like that yeah. when, when I was at work. So really the transition was easier because of all of the people around us that kind of encouraged it. And they weren't really afraid to call us mom and dad, yes. even though, you know, they had had the same role in his life up until then that I had. And so, yeah, I think that because he was in the hospital for quite a while, before we were able to bring him home still. The people that I work with really introduced that and then it just came so naturally. I don't know whether I don't know whether that's a good thing or not, but yeah. for him it was just like that was something that he wanted, you know. He loves yeah. interaction with people, he loves loving on people and receiving it. And so I think saying mom and dad was was very easy for him. I don't, you know, whether whether the transition <laughs> for him personally was really you know whether he understood I don't know but yeah we transitioned into that role pretty pretty early on before we brought him home because he was still at the hospital for so long gotcha
0: So you talked a little bit about being and becoming a foster parent Did you and Cole get to foster any other children before Jeremiah was placed in your home? And can you talk a little bit more about the process of becoming a foster parent?
1: So, yeah. So when we jumped into the foster care parenting system, like I said, the the reason that we jumped in when we did was because of how much we had fallen in love with Jeremiah. So, we went into it with the intent to bring him home as quickly as possible. We at the time lived in a small like two-bedroom house and I believe this is st- still true. If you have foster care children, they have to be able to have their own room in your home. So we knew one at that time was going to be our max anyway, Mm -hmm. just because we only had one other bedroom, but we did jump in for him specifically. And like I said, we had had a lot of trouble getting the Department of Children's Services to put us into classes because they only wanted people that were taking older children. And so actually our social worker on our unit reached out to Jeremiah's agency specifically and his caseworker specifically and said, listen, there's this nurse up here, (laughs) you know, she has fallen in love with him. Her and her husband are looking into you know, how to start the process to adopt him. And so she came up and met me that day at work. And she's the one that got us into the classes through his agency specifically. And then we can we could start our classes. And so for us, that looked like, I believe it was like six to eight weeks of classes, um, all kinds of different stuff. A lot about children in the foster care system, a lot about home safety and, you know, obviously you had to be like certified and have a background check and all of these things. So it wasn't going to be quicker than two months for us, we knew at minimum. Luckily, because of our situation and because of Jeremiah's medical needs, they were able to expedite our process. And as we were going through those classes, slowly different people and couples were dwindling out and deciding that, that they did not want to. Continue to pursue that. So it ended up just being us in the classes. So we were able to, you know, group some of our weeks together so that we could do them a little quicker. But yeah, and then we went through, we did our background checks, just like we did when we got our jobs and had to get, you know, (laughs) certified. And then They end up coming to do a home study, which they just kind of walk through your home and tell you what would be, what's safe and what's not safe. And you have to make those changes. Some of the things I remember that were specific, you had to have a fire extinguisher in your home. Chemicals had to be locked away behind an actual lock like not just a child proof latch, you know, if there was a firearm in the home, the ammo had to be locked up separately from the weapon, both under lock and key. We had to have, make sure all the window, like a window in each room would open. So yeah, so they just do a walkthrough of your home and tell you what what's good or what you need to change until you can be approved. So luckily we kinda got that checklist ahead of time. So our first walkthrough we were good to go. So gotcha. yeah, I think that was it. And then with Jeremiah specifically because of his medical needs with the trach and the G tube, Cole and I had to go through classes through the hospital to get checked off and make sure that we had the medical training to be able to take care of him as well. So we both did that. And that was maybe a I don't know a four week four or five week process and then at the end you do a 24-hour stay where we were at the hospital but providing 100% of his care just to kind of prove that we are able and capable of taking care of him independently so
0: yeah gotcha. so was that weird especially since you're a pediatric nurse was it weird having <laughs> a home health nurse living with oh you
1: absolutely <laughs> absolutely it is Um, Were you
0: and Cole still doing everything and she was just kind of there?
1: Yes, that was a lot of it. The the biggest benefit to it was because of his medical needs, we couldn't have just... Like our brother and sister come take care of him if we had to go to work. It had mm. to be someone that was specifically trained, so that did allow us to go to our jobs with the peace of mind of knowing that someone that knew that what they were doing was taking care of him gotcha. that was a huge benefit for us. However, when we were there, yeah, it was kind of they would just hang out in our living room or at night just hang out in his room and make sure all of his equipment was running well, and he <laughs> was sleeping good so it was definitely I mean, odd.
0: Like we all cooking dinner for this person and stuff?
1: They would bring their own food, but yeah, I mean they would just be in there sitting with us while we were eating dinner or Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. We we had one actually that <laughs> That walked in on Cole in our room while he was like, just cause Jeremiah came in there and we were, you know, we oh had gosh. free reign of the house and she <sighs> walked in right behind him and Cole was just standing there in his underwear <laughs> and he was like, what do I do? <laughs> so it's definitely a learning curve for all of us oh
0: my gosh holy cow oh man Uh,
1: I know but like I said it was helpful because we were able to go and I could go grocery shopping without having to take him and load up all of his equipment because they would be at home with him or I could go to work or you know what if we needed we had to do some follow-up classes our foster care agency and on those nights you know we were able to go without worrying about finding a babysitter that could to take care of him so yeah yeah,
0: yeah. pros and cons <laughs> yeah definitely <For> sure. <laughs> So you mentioned you were in foster care class or foster mm-hmm. classes. What are those called? Foster care yeah. classes. Yeah, I don't know what they- <laughs> I don't remember what they called them <laughs> for like two months. Mm-hmm. Then Jeremiah got to come home with you. Then yes. you had to wait six months before you could officially legally file for adoption. Correct. Yes. And
1: there, there were a lot of other things that were kind of roadblocks for us, which is why it ended up taking us about a year. We brought him home in 2017, I believe at the end of June, and then we were able to finalize our adoption in 2018 on July 16th. So a, a little over a year later is when we were actually able to finalize our adoption.
0: Do y'all celebrate that day? I know a lot of people oh. celebrate like gotcha day. Is that what you yep, call it? we do.
1: Well, and it was kind of weird because, I mean, we had had him before that, so we don't know whether to call it gotcha day or not. But we do celebrate <laughs> his adoption day, and we always do – glow sticks and then have a dance party in the living room (laughs) and so yes it's it's always a big and it's the day before my birthday so it's like just like a pre precursor to my birthday what (laughs) a good birthday
0: present my gosh that's awesome oh man so your story got shared on good morning america Mm -hmm.
1: it did so jeremiah says i'm famous
0: (laughs) i am dying how did that how did that work did y'all send that in did a family friend send that in?
1: So yeah, it was not us. So on adoption day, we obviously were extremely excited. We had spent the last year of our lives not being able to post any of our pictures with him or anything that we were doing or sharing you know what was happening and we had to just post the back of his head basically and you've seen him so you know what his smile looks like so yes. to not be able to share it you for a year was it. miserable yeah. Oh
0: my gosh. Um,
1: so yeah so we made an Instagram post about it just you know that we had finalized our adoption and then we also announced our pregnancy with Caroline on that day as well and a friend of Cole's that he went to high school with reached out to him and kind of told him a lot of his story was very similar and how much he appreciated Cole for stepping up and doing his part and like stepping in for this kid whenever he needed people. He was like, I've been there. I understand what it feels like. Anyway, he made a post about it and shared it. And for whatever reason, his just blew up and... Yes, basically went a little viral and then we were getting contacted by Good Morning America and like People Magazine and the Ellen oh Show and the gosh. Steve Harvey Show and all these people and we were like, what in the world is happening?
0: Oh my gosh. So
1: yeah, it was actually, so it was actually a friend of Cole who shared it, um, that his, his sharing of it is what kind of blew up for
0: us I remember seeing it and being like oh my gosh this is insane like I remember hearing it on Good Morning America and being like what I mean like I saw it personally but then just like seeing it on Good Morning America it was just like you don't yeah, expect I didn't to know it was actually
1: know. on TV. One of Cole, Cole's family, they knew some people in Atlanta, and they called Cole's parents, and they were like, I just saw your son on Good Morning America. What yeah. in the world? And we were like, I didn't know it was on TV. Yeah. I thought it was just.
0: <laughs> I, re- I can, like, remember the person talking about it. I can't remember who was speaking about but they were talking about Jeremiah being adopted and being uh-huh. promoted to a big brother. And I was like, yeah. this is so cool. So what was that like for you guys to find out that you're pregnant? as your getting ready to adopt, like officially make Jeremiah y'all's.
1: So yeah, so like I said, none of our family has been planned thus far. So I remember in April before his adoption was finalized, we were sitting down to dinner and Jeremiah said, I want to pray for dinner. And we were like, okay, sure, go ahead. And he was like, thank you God for my mommy and my daddy and my Leo, which is our dog (laughs) and my baby sister in a couple weeks. Amen. And me and Cole just kind of looked at each other and we were like, that's cute, but <laughs> sorry, bud. First of all, that's not how it happens. Babies don't come in a couple of weeks, and we hadn't even finalized our adoption yet like you're not getting siblings anytime soon like you know haha sorry bud well almost two weeks later is when I found out I was pregnant and had been pregnant at that time and did not know (laughs) so his two weeks was very specific just not (laughs) not the way he thought it would work (laughs) oh my (laughs) gosh like I said at the time we lived in a small two-bedroom house so we were like okay we got to find a house that can fit all of us like you know what does this look like (laughs) and when we finally told him you know we waited a while to actually tell him and he he just seemed so confident like yeah I know I already told you (laughs) so it was no surprise to him he was like yeah I told you a while back my baby sister's coming (laughs) so so yes and then now we have Caroline (laughs) Oh, sweet Caroline. Oh, she is full of sass. Cole and I laughed because when we found out about her, we had Jeremiah and he has the biggest personality and people just gravitate towards him and love him and are adored by him. So we were like, this this poor kid is just going to live in the shadow of her brother for her life. And then she came out and was like, not going to happen. Her we're personality and she's so <laughs> spunky and she is holding her own for sure.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. They're fun. <laughs> They're fun.
0: Oh yeah. They look like a, a sweet a sweet little duo.
1: Uh, it depends on the day, but yes, they can be. They can be, but then they can also <laughs> other crazy. So She's finally to the point, I think this is kind of what he had in mind when he asked for a baby sister, was one that could play and do things with them and run around. And so she's finally old enough now to where they can have that kind of relationship rather than her just being a baby or a toddler that can't really do a whole lot or keep right. up, you know, so yeah. yeah, he's loving it, and he loves to dish it out, and the fact that she can give it right back <laughs> makes it <laughs> too funny to watch
0: <laughs> for sure, oh man, so when I first reached out to you back in twenty twenty, you <laughs> mentioned that you were happy to share, quote the reality of how hard it all is too. T- talking mm-hmm. ab- about the process of adoption. Mm-hmm. Do you mind sharing a little bit about what you meant by that?
1: Yeah, so I tell people all the time, but Cole and I have said we are thankful for how naive we were or I guess I would say uneducated when we jumped in to the reality of foster care and the foster care system. It's just a very, it's a very broken system that these kids need people to jump into with them. You know, they have no say of whether they're in that position or not. And it's work. Like I said, that we were having so much trouble just getting into the classes, knowing that there were kids out there that needed homes. We were having trouble getting into the classes. And then I just remember some of our visits, they would reach out to us on a Wednesday, and say, hey, we need to come make a visit by Friday, and I, it's like, well, I work until 7 p.m., you can come after 7, yeah. and I'm like, well, no, you know, we get off work at 4 and it's like, well, then I need more than two days notice, yeah. and so, stuff like that. And then I remember right before Christmas, I believe it was like two or three weeks before Christmas, they reached out to us and they were like, Oh, by the way, we need to see all of your receipts of Christmas presents that you have bought him basically as proof that you have bought Christmas presents. I'm like, you should have told me that two weeks ago when I started Christmas shopping, not (laughs) right now when we're almost done, you know, the hardest part. It isn't the kids. It's the system that is very broken and working against them and difficult, especially here in Memphis. There's just too many kids and not enough bodies to help, you know, whether it be the caseworkers or foster homes. You know, there are kids all the time that are sleeping in offices with their caseworkers, like on the floor, just because there's nowhere for them to go in the middle of the night or Like I said, they end up staying at Laboner for a while just to have somewhere safe for them to stay because there's not a home available yet. And it's just, it's just hard. It's difficult working with all these other people, trying to navigate parenting for the first time with a lot of other people having a lot of input on what that looks like. For us specifically, because we do have different races between us and Jeremiah, it was a hard transition for us to figure out like what what do we do and especially as he's grown up you know it's obvious it's obvious that we look different Jeremiah tells us all the time that we're apricot um that's like it's not white and black it's like well you're apricot (laughs) because that was the color on his crayon that was the specific color that it looked looked like us. So so trying to navigate and realize that there are some things that we're not going to be able to be there for him on, you know, or understand just because of that, because of our differences. But at the same time, being very confident in the fact that the Lord brought our family together for a reason and that we were meant to be his parents. We just have to be very intentional about having relationships in our lives with people that don't look like us and that can be that for Jeremiah where we can't, that can step in where we can't,
0: you know? That's really interesting that you said that because, so adoption is one of the reasons why I started going to therapy last year. It was something that was on my heart and I just didn't really know what to do with Mm -hmm. it and my therapist has adopted children and she was like, you need to understand that you're probably not going to get a Caucasian kid. And I was like, oh, that's fine. We don't care. And she was like, well, you might not care, Mm -hmm. but your child is going to realize someday exactly what you said, Mm -hmm. that there are resources that you can't provide to them. And that's really the first time Mm -hmm. that It opened my eyes up to that. So I'm really glad that you said that. Yeah.
1: Like I said, it was something for us going into it. It's like, well, of course it doesn't, you know, no, it doesn't matter to us. It doesn't make any difference. But for him growing up, we have to be very intentional about the schools that he goes to. Or the friends that we have, or because we want people that are going to love him in the best way possible, and so we have. To, I feel like we have to guard him a little bit more in that area as well. And also just realizing that adoption isn't needed without some sort of trauma that has occurred, whether it is the death of a parent, whether it is a separation uh, from parent to child. Whatever the situation may be, there's a trauma that happened and there is going to be a disconnect from what that child has known previously, even if it's in the mother's womb and then goes to a different home immediately after. That's still a separation from what they've known and that this beautiful thing of your family being what it is didn't occur without loss and hurt, you know? and being very aware of that. And so it's been hard trying to navigate for us, like just not holding any kind of resentment or, you know, I'm very aware that someone else carried my son. And it's hard. It's hard to both be thankful for that, but then sorry for Jeremiah for whatever he had to endure after the fact. And It's just it's hard to both be happy about your family, but then also mourn where you need to mourn with with them and through that. So, yeah, it's it's a lot of messy emotions. And one of the things we've gone through a ton of both family counseling and individual counseling. And it's just you just have to be very aware. You can't just love them into being healed and not being hurt by that trauma you know people think well you know if you love them enough it's going to be fine and that's just that's it's true love is great but it's not the cure-all you know for the for these kids and so just working through things realistically and calmly (laughs) as much as we can is has been top priority so
0: man thanks so much for sharing that jordan yeah yeah So let's see, whenever Jeremiah announced to (laughs) y'all that y'all were having (laughs) Caroline and you did not know it, how old was he slash like how long had he been with y'all?
1: He had been with us almost a year, probably about 10 months, and he was about to turn four, I believe,
0: yes. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) So how was the transition for you guys after Caroline was born, how was the transition for you and Cole? Because like you had mentioned, you're learning how to parent a toddler instead of like a newborn. So you're yes. parenting a toddler for a first time and then you're parenting a newborn for the first for the time, first time. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. juggling first time parenting a toddler. So how was that for you guys?
1: Yeah, it it was I would say that that, that transition was easier because we were, I guess I'll put it this way, we were playing man to man. So there were two of them and two of us. And so we were able to separate that both. Like if I needed to be with Caroline at the time, Cole was free to go spend time one-on-one with Jeremiah so that there wasn't any kind of like, oh man, this baby's taking up all of their time, you know, or vice versa. Like if Cole was giving me a break from breastfeeding all the time and holding her all the time. And he had Caroline. Then it freed me up to go do stuff one-on-one with Jeremiah. So, as much as, I mean, it definitely, you know, it's inevitable, the more kids you have, the more you have to stretch your time across all of them. But I would say the transition with Caroline was easier just because, like I said, we were (laughs) one-on-one at most of the time. So it's been a little more difficult now (laughs) with the three because, (laughs) because we're outnumbered now and they all want something different. So (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So I would say with Caroline, you know, there's this fear of I just, you know, you worry about any of these feelings, biological children versus adoptive children. And so we just wanted to make sure we had to validate Jeremiah like 100% throughout the whole thing of just, you know, how much we love him, how important it was for him to be a big brother and that he basically prayed her into existence. Yeah, <laughs> Even yeah. when we didn't know we wanted her, Jeremiah knew and God knew <laughs> that she was needed in our family and so I think just giving him a big role in that as as a new big brother was really cool for him.
0: Do you think his transition was pretty good from being only child to being a big brother? Was he like He seems like he would have just been a rock star at that.
1: Yeah, he did. He did a lot better than what I was preparing for. Yeah. (laughs) Just because, you know, you hear of the only child kind of having some resentment towards the new baby, and we, we didn't really we didn't deal with that a lot. He just jumped right in. He was obsessed with her from the beginning. And like I said, he, he knew she was coming, so he was prepared.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah, let's give Caroline a moment, share a little bit about Caroline. Cause we've talked a lot about Jeremiah. So go ahead and <laughs> share a little bit more about Miss Caroline.
1: Oh goodness. So <laughs> Caroline is my little diva sassy, very opinionated girl. It's so funny cuz when I was growing up, I was like such a tomboy right. and then she pops out and couldn't be girlier. She loves she says, "I need to style." That's what she tells me in the morning, meaning like she needs to put jewelry on or a hat on. I'm like, "Mom, I need to style." I'm like, "What? You don't sound like a 30-year-old woman. What in the world?" But she is both spunky but very empathetic and feels people's emotions with them, is very in tune with how other people are feeling, and can match that energy very well. So, yeah, like I said, she came out and did not skip a beat jumping right in with Jeremiah. She doesn't meet a stranger. Everyone in the meat aisle at Kroger knows our whole <laughs> life story. Um, within about 20 seconds of meeting us and... <laughs> Yeah, she's she's fun. She's definitely
0: fun. <laughs> you said they're four years apart, right?
1: Yes. Uh, wait, he, she was born in January and then he turned five in May. So about four and a half, four I guess. Four
0: and a half. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Do you think that's a good age gap for siblings?
1: <laughs> it. Is, I say this from I guess two different perspectives. It was good for us to have them in different like stages, I guess, of life, and being a little bit older and starting to get more independent when we jumped into the newborn phase. But at the same time, I know people that enjoy having kids back to back. I mean, when they're close in age, Cole and his brothers are all about a year and a half to two years apart, all three of them, and they're very close because they were, you know, so close in age growing up. So I see the benefit to both, but we are thankful because Henry is about the same age gap from Caroline now. And so, and I just, I wasn't ready to do it again until now. (laughs) Mentally, physically, I just was not ready. So I think the four-year age gap has been good. It's been good for us just because they are so different in, in that big of a gap. They're so different in what they need and what they can do. And it allows us to you know, be there for all of them in different ways. And so, yeah, I've appreciated it. I know people love the close age gaps as well, but we have loved our, (laughs) our big ones.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's that seems a little bit better to me too, to have a little bit larger age gap. The back to back is so popular right now, like seeing like two under two Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it just seems so difficult. (laughs) I agree. I mean, oh man, I don't know, but I don't know how people do it. Me either. I see. Props props to them. (laughs) Yeah, same, same. Props to them.
1: What What's the age difference between you and your sister? We're three years,
0: and I think that that's pretty. That's like a pretty sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. Because be we, we were really close growing up, and then when she went to college, we kind of had a little time where we didn't really talk much, and then mm-hmm. after college, I mean, we're best friends now, so yeah. yeah, I think that's a that's a good good spot.
1: Yeah. my Well, mine are so much older than me, which, like, my sister's 11 years older than me, and then my brother is 8 years older than me, and it was enough to where I definitely, like, looked up to them and idolized them as a little kid, but, yeah, we... Never hung out with the same people, you know. We never spent time kind of like out doing stuff together, yeah, until until we've gotten older. We've been able to, you know, now that I'm out of college, definitely gotten closer since then, just because we're all in the grown up phase, you know, yeah. we're all kind of on level playing field now, yeah. so so yeah, I never experienced the close sibling close in age, so
0: yeah, yeah. How are your kids adapting to Henry now?
1: They are great, Caroline. Won't let him breathe. She won't get more than two inches away from him. Her baby, according to her, she wants to feed him. She wants to hold him. Sometimes when he's crying, she's like, I want to hold baby Henry. And we're like, well, he's fussy right now. And she says, I'm okay with fussy. (laughs) I'm like, well, you may be, but he's not okay (laughs) with it. And then Jeremiah is, he has asked for a brother for a very long time. And so He is just head over heels with the fact that he has a brother now. I think that they're always, because their age gap is so big, because they are eight years apart, they're always going to be in different phases of life. And I think he's always just going to be the big brother that he kind of idolizes and looks up to, whether it's in sports or music or, you know, girls, whatever it ends up being. I think he's always just kind of going to look up to him to kind of lead the way for him. So, yeah, they're, they're doing good now. Jeremiah is really into baseball right now. Oh. We're about to start baseball season. So he is a little frustrated. He wants Cole to throw with him. He's trying to learn how to pitch. So he's like, all right, that baby has taken enough time. It's time for us to go outside and play now. So now that he's older, he definitely wants to get outside and do more than he did when Caroline came around. So yeah. a little bit of that, just like, man, I wish I wish we could go out and do what we wanted whenever rather than having to wait for the baby to go to sleep yeah. or wait for mom to feed him or, you know, whatever but we're making it work. We're juggling this life of a family of five.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounds like y'all are doing a great job. Whew, we're trying. <laughs> so <laughs> you are still very much in the thick of postpartum. I know that it can be yes. such a weird and sometimes difficult time to navigate. Mm-hmm. And we get so caught up in seeing these cute kids and talking about your baby is so cute, but are you doing okay?
1: I am. My birth story with Henry was much more traumatic than it was with Caroline. It was very difficult. He came very quickly. So that was rough. However, the aftermath has been a lot easier with him. And then our, the village that we have is absolutely phenomenal. I don't know how we would make it without them, but between my family and Cole's family, and then Our friends that we have that have stepped in to do any and everything. Yeah, this postpartum period, especially with Henry, has been pretty enjoyable, I would say. I was able to heal quickly from him, so it just makes my time with him and my time with the other kids so much sweeter, you know, (laughs) when you're not in pain and you're not exhausted and he does sleep a lot easier than Caroline did. So just being able to get a good night's rest helps too. It's huge for sure. (laughs) With your emotions. So I am very, very lucky to have had an easy postpartum experience both times with my kids, but especially this time. (laughs) I remember before, uh, before having Caroline, you know, I know that there are people that, struggle with postpartum depression and Cole's question was just like what do I do like how what do I do if I see this am I what am I allowed to say to you you know and I was like well I don't know I'm not in that I don't know what I will be I would feel I don't know what I would take very well you know and so luckily we didn't really have to navigate that any either time but but he definitely was was prepared ahead of time like okay this is a real thing this is a struggle what is my role as your husband and the person that's here looking out for you what do I do (laughs) you know so
0: that's great to be so educated on it I feel like people do a lot better job educating themselves on postpartum depression now Mm -hmm. but yeah that's great Mm -hmm. that he was like prepped and ready to go
1: he was he was like just tell me what to do and I'm like well I've never done this before I don't know what to do (laughs) so we were both in the dark (laughs) oh man
0: So, really quickly, you are going to be my first official Jack's Crafty Mom's Crafty friend. So, Mm. Bethany was technically my first one whenever she mentioned Forsyth Family Footage and her creative outlet with that. But Mm -hmm. you do something really cool. You decorate cookies and cakes. Mm
1: I do. I do. Thank you. COVID.
0: Yeah. Tell me how you got into that. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: So, I years ago I started buying stuff to try to make those decorated cookies I would catch myself watching those videos of people like flooding cookies for like hours so just was mesmerized by it and so I was like well let me try to do that and I tried for a couple like baby showers that I threw or something like that I feel like they probably now looking back they were probably horrible (laughs) but (laughs) then when COVID happened and we were stuck at home I got really into baking and there, a nurse that I work with used to own a bakery as well. And so she's kind of been my resource to be like, okay, what happens when I mix this? And it looks like, (laughs) looks like, you know, clumpy, or if it doesn't flood right, or this, this icing isn't coming together. So luckily I have had someone to kind of walk me through it that has been through it before and is an expert in the field. But yeah, I love baking. I love decorating things. I'm not artistic at all. I've seen the stuff that you do. There's no way I could just sit no, down and draw anything thing. and it would, lo- it would not look good at all. But <laughs> I can, for some reason with these cookies, I can, I have a projector where I can do some stuff, but yeah, it's been fun and I can use it to If I want to give somebody a little, you know, a little happy for, you know, their birthday or whatever, you know, it's something that I feel comfortable enough doing and people enjoy it and people like something personalized like that for sure
0: yeah are you I know you've got a seven week old at home but are you (laughs) like currently taking orders for that or how do you usually go about doing that
1: I did take a little bit of a break just when we had Henry but and I don't know I guess you might know this we are in the process of building a house back in Arkansas
0: okay I thought I thought I thought that that was right, but I wasn't sure.
1: Yes. So I don't know. We haven't really talked about what it looks like going forward, but I've talked about maybe staying home and just baking a little bit so that I'm able to stay home with Henry, but then also adjust to life like in a new place and, you know, with all three kids and Caroline and Jeremiah both will be in school next year. So yeah, I might do baking full time once I move over back to
0: Arkansas okay cool do you want to share a place where people can reach out to you I know you're still taking a break
1: yeah probably just Instagram is probably the best okay Dickerson I don't know what it is 22
0: maybe (laughs) okay I'll post it in the show notes so that people can I'll tag it so that you can go check it out okay cool I'm like you, I could watch it for hours. (laughs) Drew would be like, you're either looking at cookies or cakes. Like I'll just look on Instagram for hours. It's so mesmerizing. It
1: is. It is. It's so fun to watch. I mean, and it's so hard like to actually do it. It took me forever to figure out what in the world I was doing, but it's fun. Once you can kind of get that sweet spot and get the hang of it, it really is. It can be fun. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love it. And then the cakes, I like the taste of cakes better than the cookies. And so I just enjoy, I enjoy seeing people enjoy
0: something that I've made, you know? Yeah. I I like it. So do you use your own recipes or do you find recipes? Uh,
1: Usually ones online. Gotcha. Different ones. I don't, I I haven't reached expert level where I could come up with my own yet. Oh yeah.
0: (laughs) If I am baking or cooking anything, I have to follow it to a T, or it it's goes. It's such a science. Yes, yeah, it goes so to. wrong. My mom is so good at just creating stuff, and I'm like, I need to know how many exactly. <laughs> measure it out for me, or it's gonna go wrong. Yep.
1: Well, and I've just restarted. I started yesterday uh, with a sourdough starter to make sourdough bread. We did that during COVID and it is so good, but I kind of let it, let it go bad. So um, we have jumped back into that as well.
0: Okay, cool. Are you an Office fan? Mm-mm. You watch The Office? No. Mm-hmm. Jenna no. Fisher, Pam on The Office got really into baking bread during COVID. So I watched her like, I can't remember what she called it, like nursing her sourdough. She would like Eating did all it. of yeah 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 feeding it yeah and (laughs) I was just like this looks so I don't know I'll have to try it at least once I guess it's
1: it's good it really is good and it's pretty easy because yeah I had never done it until COVID and Cole's like when can we start making sourdough again it was so yummy
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh man so yeah thanks so much for sharing Jordan I mean truly thank you for sharing everything and huge thanks to Cole because he took care of the kids tonight he did most of the work for tonight right he did he's got Henry <laughs> thank you Cole do you have anything else that you want to share with our friends here um
1: don't think so. I'm just, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you to start this. Like I said, I've known about it for years. So we've been waiting on this day to come. And I think it's going to be super helpful for people both sharing your stories and sharing other moms stories. Parenting is hard, but it's so much easier to go through it and to know that you're not alone. And so I think what you're doing here is beautiful and wonderful. And it's so needed to just share, to share your heart. And I've listened to your other episodes and for you to be so vulnerable and honest is it's rare and it's a beautiful thing. So I just want just want to affirm you and what you're doing and that, that I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Jordan. That means so much to me. Thank you for saying
1: that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean it.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to link your Good Morning America story in the show notes too in case people want to <laughs> okay. check that out. And then, yeah, if you haven't read it, you should definitely go check it out. I know we kind of gave the Cliff Notes version of it, but it is really such a neat story. So, yeah, thanks again, Jordan. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. All right, you guys, I hope you loved today's episode. I know that I did. If you enjoyed our conversation today, my conversation with Jordan, please share this episode with your friends. You can subscribe also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That way you never miss an episode. And I will be back next week with another episode. Thanks, guys.